And, and just imagine you're hearing this man, this Nazarene, son of a carpenter, who's just taught all of these powerful teachings, and then now for the first time you're hearing this authoritative conclusion. Look at what he says in verse number 24. At the end of the message, in Matthew 7, verse 24, the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a what? Okay, so do you understand the conclusion? It would be as if I came today and I said, Now, after everything I've said this morning, if you will do what I just said, you will be very what? Well, it doesn't end there, though. So he goes on, though, and he says, Therefore, whoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Now, verse 26, on the other hand, and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a what? A foolish man. So that's a conclusion to sermon. Now, if you take what I said here and you do it in your life, you will be wise. But if you ignore what I said this morning and you do not put it in your life, you are a... Ooh. Who, who, who says that? Well, only someone who has the ultimate words of life. Only someone with the authority of Jesus. Which is interesting. Notice what he says here. Everyone that heareth these sayings of who? Of mine. Now, a good pastor or a good preacher, when he stands up, could never say everyone that hears these sayings of mine. You understand what I mean? Because what I'm supposed to do this morning, and what every Bible teacher is supposed to do, what every Christian leader is supposed to do, is to not give you my sayings, but to give you his sayings. But Jesus was the only one who could say, if you hear my sayings and do them, you're wise. But if you disregard my sayings, you're foolish. Wow. And he says that foolish man is like someone who builds his house upon the sand. Verse 27. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, read the three words with me, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. What I'd like to speak to you today, really two titles for the message, a solid foundation for life, or you could say simply, 
how to build your life. How to build your life. We are all in the life-building business. There's, there's no escaping that. If you sit here today and you listen to the message this, this morning and you say, well, I don't know, I, I'm not really building anything. Well, just by virtue of taking a breath and taking your next step and interacting with people around you, just by virtue of living, you are building something. Jesus describes the journey of life here as people completing a construction project, building a house. So the house is symbolic of your life, of my life. So how are you building? Or more importantly, where are you building? What are you building your life on? That's an important question. It's not just a, a, it's a question both for Christians and non-Christians to consider because Jesus makes it clear that his words, his words are the only sure foundation to build your life. By the way, this is why all of you, hopefully, Lord willing, this is why all of you have gathered here today and you are committed to the regular gathering of the people of God, of the church of God, because you believe that there is nothing better to build your life on than these wonderful words that we open and read this morning. That this is the foundation of our lives. So point number one this morning is you and I face a crucial decision. You and I face a crucial decision each and every day and throughout the, the seasons of life. Did you notice, how could you not, there were only two men in the illustration. There's only two men. Man number one, the first character in our story, is who? He is the, the wise man. Man number one is the wise man. And man number two is the foolish man. Now, I say this today not on my own authority, but with the authority of, but with the authority of Jesus, there's no alternative. There's no middle way. There is a wise way to build your life, and there is a foolish way to build your life. And it's a crucial decision. It's not something to take lightly. There's a wise way to establish your career. There's a foolish way to establish your career. High schoolers, who's in high school? Where are my high schoolers? Listen, the, you are not exempt from the decision. You're not exempt from this decision. There's a wise way to build your life in high school, and there's a foolish way to build your life in high school. Moms and dads, there's a wise way to parent your children, and there's a foolish way to parent your children. Now, I'm not saying it, it's Jesus, right? Okay, I don't claim to have any authority or be an expert on anything except as much of the Word of God as I've studied. That's it. And Jesus said, so you just work it through stages of life. Now, grandparents or seniors in life, there's a wise way to live your senior years, and there's a foolish way to live your senior years. There is no middle way. You and I are either building our lives on the foundation of, the, of Jesus and his word, 
or we are building our lives on an unsecure foundation. That's all there is to it. So the decision is really crucial. You can't, you can't postpone the decision because as you postpone, you're building on some foundation. You can't postpone. So I hope you see what Jesus says is quite serious here. And it's quite crucial to the success of our lives and, and in some cases to the de our destination in eternity. It's a crucial decision to either be a wise person or a foolish person. What do you think of when I say, the, when, when you read the word foolish? What comes to mind? How many of you would enjoy it if somebody said, you know, you're being really foolish. Like, that's not a, it's not a soft word. It's a harsh word. And we could use modern synonyms. I won't do that because you might get offended if I did. But just understand that the word foolish in the Bible had a pretty negative connotation. And so we need to take that message of Jesus seriously. Who are you building on? It's a crucial decision. Some people make very, very foolish decisions. And they live their lives under foolish philosophies. And they're building on very foolish foundations. Let me give you, let me give you a couple of examples. It would be very foolish to think that you are a Christian, but being a faithful member of, the, of a local body of Christ is unimportant in your life. Anytime we step out of the Word of God, we make a really foolish decision. That would be a foolish philosophy for a Christian to say that, well, the local church is, is helpful, but it's not essential to my growth as a Christian. You're shaking the foundation, right? It would be, moms and dads, it, it's, it's, this is, it saddens me. It truly does sad, sadden me as I am involved in community sports with my children and I, and I look at the idolatry of sports in America. It really is saddening. Because I look at gymnasiums and soccer fields filled, filled with boys and girls and moms and dads. And Sunday school classes depleted. Churches sometimes not even offering them anymore. Because parents aren't committed to that. Jesus said, if you do these sayings of mine, you're wise. If you don't, it's foolish. We've got to be so, so careful but it goes beyond that now. I'm talking about things that pull Christians away. But then how foolish it is, the foundation that people will build their life on to say, well, it really, doesn't, it really doesn't matter exactly what I believe. As long as I'm sincere and I try to be a good person, I'm okay, despite what Jesus said. And people will build. I, I just, it just astounds me because people are building their whole lives on these ideas and these philosophies. And Jesus says, if you, you ignore my word. 
So what, what I'm just trying to do to just grip our attention as we begin this morning is the decisions we make about our lives are crucial because you're always building on a foundation. Something's being built. And secondly, there is an inevitable storm coming. There's an inevitable storm coming. The rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. Whose house is that? Whose house? Which guy? The wise man. Well, that's not fair. <laughs> right? That's not fair. After all, he made all the right decisions. Did he not? Did he? Not a trick question. Did he build his house on a rock? But the rain came. It descended and the flood rose and the winds blew and just beat upon his house. That's not fair. He made all the right decisions, but a storm came. Look down at verse number 27. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. Whose house is this? The foolish man's house. The storm came. The storm came to both lives. And was the storm of life any easier for the wise man? Was the storm any easier? No. The, 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 the rain came just as fast. And the floodwaters rose just as rapidly. And the wind and the waves crashed just as hard. And so what I'm saying is, I hope that today, your life is not going through a storm. I sincerely do. I hope that and pray that you're going through and you're looking out and it's sun shiny skies. Look at that. It's just beautiful, right? I hope the sun is shining. But mark it down. If, if it has not already come, there is a storm coming. There's a storm coming. There's a trial. There's adversity coming. So long as we live in this flesh, so long as we live in this body, so long as we live in this cursed world, there's a storm coming. And we build our houses in the fair weather, but we build our houses to prepare for the bad weather. All of the building and all of act the activity is happening while the sun is shining. When life is good, that's when it's important to lay the right foundation. When, when you're not going through a storm is when you need to make sure that your life is just centered and focused and rock solid on the Lord Jesus Christ. That He is my anchor. He is my security. His word is what I base my decisions on. Because right now, there's no raindrops coming down. It was for 120 years that Noah built the ark, and there wasn't a drop of rain that fell. But he faithfully built, and he faithfully prepared, because the flood was coming. Because the storm was coming. And no matter what, if you and I 
get through life as easy as, as can be. If life is good to you, if you don't have many family problems, if you don't have many financial problems, if you, uh, if you escape the worst of health conditions, if you escape by, how many of you have ever known somebody and you're like, it just seems like everything goes easy for them? How many of you know what I'm talking about, right? It just, well, you probably don't see the storm, but nonetheless, even if, even if life is just going well, going well, going well, and you will still face the storm of death. Because we are all heading to the same demise, to the same end of days. And it's a storm that will rock your life at some point. This is the reason that so many people in prosperous societies reject the word of God. But if you go to Honduras, as we talked about this morning, where people are going through suffering and difficulty, they don't have the, the recreation and sports and restaurants and, and vacations and cruises to distract them from what really matters in life. Because in those situations, every day is a storm. Every day is a trial. And when they hear the wonderful message of the Lord Jesus Christ, they say, that's what I will build my fun. That's who I will stand on. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. There is a storm coming. So let me encourage you, because most of you in here today, if not all, I don't know all of your personal decisions and lives, and I don't need to, but I know that so many of you, you are building on the foundation of Christ. And the sun might be shining now. And I want to encourage you to just keep building. Just stay planted. Some of you, I've been so encouraged by a lot of our, uh, the young men and the young women in our church that are just really stepping up and, and serving in the church in different ways and, and just making themselves. It's just encouraged me at, to see them at really at a foundational time in their life to be building their lives on Christ. Well, just plant your feet there and don't let them get moved. Don't let them move. Because it feels like not that long ago, I guess it's like 20 years ago, that I was making those decisions in my life. And friends all around me were making those decisions in life. And I, have, I, could, I could show you all kinds of friends of mine that decided to plant their feet on Jesus, on the rock of his word and his truth. And I see them, and some of them, they live all over the country, some of them. And I, some of them are in the ministry, some of them are, have careers. And I talk with them or connect with them or I reunite with them after all these years. And I can't think of one single person of all, of all of them who are walking with God that regret keeping their feet fixed on the rock of Jesus. And seeing their families and seeing the, the service that they're doing for God. It's just so encouraging to me. But I can show you another group of people who had the same opportunity and they had the same chance to keep their life just steadfast on Jesus. But they got distracted. And they moved their foundation over here. And it's sad to see what's happened in their life. Because inevitably the storm will come. Do not let yourself be moved. 
The old spiritual, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the waters, I shall not be moved. I think that was a spiritual. It's a song, nonetheless. There's an, an inevitable storm coming. I don't wish the storm upon you, but it's coming. And if you're founded on the rock of Jesus today, you won't be moved when the storm comes. Because he is, thirdly, the solid foundation. <laughs> so little to say in this third point, because the, the verse is pretty simple. The rain descended, verse 25, the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat upon that house. How many of you have ever been in a hurricane? Who's been in a hurricane? I have been in a category four hurricane, which is pretty big. Five is the biggest, I think. But I've been in a category four hurricane. And I'll never forget, um, I, I was at college and I was, they didn't call them this, but I was basically like an RA at the time in college. And so I was responsible for a floor and a group of guys and we had a hurricane. We had to shelter for the hurricane. And we went into, we had hurricane-rated buildings on our campus because it was in Florida. And so we hunkered down. It was quite the experience. But we hunkered down in this building, guys just laying up and down, lay, laying up and down the halls, people scattered all over. Just That's where we spent the night because the dorms weren't as highly rated, but they had these buildings that were. And so there we were. And I will never forget walking out into the hall and looking at those doors, you know, those commercial grade doors to the building and just watching the wind like bend the doors in and out and just, it was just amazing, incredible. Afterwards, they would go into, they went into our field house and trash cans from the campus had been picked up and smashed through the roof into the gymnasium. Just incredible force, incredible power to a storm. And so the rain, that's just what I think of when I think of this. Because Jesus doesn't just say, you know, and, and it stormed. He's, he's descriptive. The rain descended. The flood came. The winds blew and beat upon that house. So what happened? Oh, it didn't fall. It was okay. That's all there is to it. It just didn't fall. My brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Here's the good news. It wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't, why did it not fall? Because it was what? Because it was built on a rock. It wasn't because... I hope you don't think I'm taking too many liberties with the passage here, but what I don't find is a distinction in the quality of house that was being constructed. Right? I, this wasn't like the three little pigs, you know, the house of straw, the house of wood, the house, uh, the house of bricks. This wasn't that. This isn't about what the house looked like. This is about what the house was built on. Because you can build a really impressive looking house on a pretty poor foundation. And I don't know who had the nicest windows, and I don't know who had the most impressive deck, and I don't know who had the best view, 
All we know is who was built on the right foundation. And I would rather have, I would rather have a real basic house of a life built on the rock than an elaborate, educated, prosperous, by the world standards, uh, lavish life that's founded on sand. You can have, take, the, take the world, but give me Jesus. doesn't matter how beautiful the house is. It matters how the foundation is. And Jesus' foundation is solid. The house just didn't fall. Not because the, the wise man was so great. Not because he, made, uh, because he was such a self-made man. But because he decided that he would just believe Jesus. And he would just believe his word. He would trust him. And when people may have mocked him, when people may have ridiculed him, when it, didn't, when it didn't make sense in the eyes of other people, I don't know why you'd go through all that time. I don't know why you'd make that decision. I don't know why you'd live your life that way. I'm just going to, I don't think I'm any better than you. I'm not any better of a builder than you. I'm not an expert in life. But I'll tell you this, I sure know where to build and who to build on. It's not me, it's him. It's Jesus. Aren't you thankful for Jesus this morning? I mean, I just wonder sometimes. It just, we should, we should never look down our noses at people who don't have Christ. We should never look down and say, oh, you know, you don't know God. I, I, you know, my life is so much better than yours. No, it, it is just a wonder to me. To, like, how do people go through without the Lord? I mean, I know they do. I know they do. People are tough. Human beings are resilient. People get through life, but oh, that ultimate storm that's coming, no one's going to stand it. No one can stand it without Jesus. He's a solid foundation. Fourthly, we see in this story, in this wonderful illustration Jesus gives us, is a needless, a needless tragedy. An unfortunate, needless tragedy. The kind of things that just we struggle to wrap our heads around. We've all seen bad things happen that we can kind of make sense of. Well, this was committed because of this and that. But sometimes we see things and we're like, this did not have to happen. This didn't have to happen. I've seen families where... Uh, either a husband or a wife had a spouse that, and I've seen it, where sometimes it's the wife, sometimes it's the husband, where you have got all of this wonderful potential here if you would just decide like Joshua did. I love that, that verse that we have from Joshua in the Old Testament. Choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I just remembered when I was a kid, my parents had this little knick-knack thing. I think it was like a wrought iron knick-knack display up in the kitchen. And it was Joshua. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I remember as a little kid, I, I would read that. And I, don't, I don't think I thought of it, but it, was, it always just made sense to me that that was up in our kitchen. Because I, I knew that's the kind of home we were. We were, yeah, that's who we are. We're not a perfect family. We, we fight. We yell. We do. You don't want to know everything, right? Plenty of bad stuff. 
But in in the heart of hearts, I knew my parents said, we are a house that serves the Lord. We serve God. And I've seen families with that same, and there was no, listen, my parents had no more potential than anybody else. No, No more potential than anybody else. People partying in alcohol and sins that, that, you know, I'll let them tell you if they want to, but just things that, just not living for God at all. They had no more potential than anyone else. But they just believed Jesus, that if they'd build on his sayings and on his word, it would work out. And you've, you've, you've chosen the same thing, or have you? Have you? Have you just decided you're sold out for Jesus? That you're on Him? Listen, none of us have any more potential than anyone else. Potential is such a, such a dumb word. It's a foolish word. Because do you know what potential means? Nothing. Potential means nothing. It only matters what actually happens, not what could have happened. It doesn't matter what could have happened. And the people that the world sees with the least amount of potential, the least amount of education, not all these life-building skills, they can withstand the storm if they just will plant their feet on the Lord Jesus Christ. The tragedies of life, so many of them are needless. And that's what happens to this guy. Verse 27. The rain descended. The floods came. The winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell. It fell. Did you hear what happened to his house? It fell. Did you hear about so-and-so? Total collapse. That house, it was beautiful. You mean the one, the one on the seashore? The one with, you mean the beachfront property? With that sliding glass door, just step out and feel the sand between your toes? Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. It fell. It fell. It didn't have to fall, but it fell. In so many lives, they don't need to fall, but they do. They fall. And it was a sight to see. The winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Great was the fall of it. You know, that's the word great. I think you understand the, the idea of great there. It was a sight. It was significant. It was something to see. It was a great tragedy. The worst of tragedies. Jesus said great was the fall of it. You know, 
in these needless tragedies of life. Influence is squandered. I've watched parents with young, impressionable children start out on the right path only to move foundations just at the most crucial parts of their children's lives. The most crucial moments in their children's lives, they shift from foundation of Christ to the philosophies of the world only for their children who had young, tender hearts, tender to the Lord, who today don't walk with Jesus at all. And their children will not. You say, how does a culture de-Christianize? How is a culture deprogrammed from Christian values? A generation of parents and grandparents move the foundation. And it's not just culture, but it's sad. It's individual people's lives. And it doesn't need to happen. It doesn't need to happen. The, the purpose of what Jesus is saying here, it's a warning passage. Last week was like, a, last week was like um, we talked about ask and it shall be given. It was like a, yeah, you can do it kind of a passage. And then there's this passage that Jesus is like, oh, but I've got a warning for you. Listen to the warning. Great was the fall of it. Or you could say, terrible was the fall of it. Awful was the fall of it. Just the waste and the regret as a life collapses in the sand and is washed out into the sea. And so everybody heard this message from Jesus, and they listened. And what is their response to all of what has just been said? Not, just the, not their response just to the part about the wise man and the foolish man. That's the conclusion. But the response to the whole sermon, the response to the way of Jesus, the response to this kingdom living that he's talking about, the response to all of that is this. It came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. That means teaching, his teaching. They were amazed. They just listened to the words of Jesus. Everybody give me an astonished word right now. Ready? One, two, three, go. Up, 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 up. I, didn't th I, I thought you could get it. You're going to be astonished. One, two. Give, give me an astonished word. I don't care what it is. We're all going to do this together. One, two, three, go. Wow was the winner, I think. I heard the most wows. I thought we'd get a lot of wows. Some other ones, I don't know. Some of you were like, yeah, just to get, you know, to be heard. They stood there and they listened to him and they said, wow. Wow. No one has ever taught us this way before. Nobody. I have never. They said, wow. 
I have never heard such powerful teaching in my life, they said. Wow! They were astonished. They said, I can't believe it. And they said, in verse 29, they said, He teaches with authority. It's almost as if the words that He says, think about authority, we had better listen to them. This isn't like the scribes. This isn't like the other teachers of our day. These words are amazing. They're amazing. And that's what I want to leave us with this morning. That the words and the way and the message of Jesus are amazing. They're wonderful. He is a wonderful, wonderful Savior. He doesn't leave us alone in the storm. He doesn't make us face the difficulties alone. He says, hey, if you'll just trust me, if you'll just believe in me, if you'll just build your life on my word, if you'll just put your faith in me, if you'll just trust me, then whatever storm comes, whatever situation you face, no matter how difficult it gets, it can blow, the wind can blow, the rain can fall, the wind can beat and beat on your house, but I'll be with you and you will stand firm. That's our Savior. And He's worthy of it all. He's our Lord. And it is not a difficult thing to put your life in the hands of such a wonderful Savior. It's not a struggle for me. Now, I know it might be for you. But I want you to understand, if there's a struggle in your heart that says, No, I just I, I want to have my life my way. I want to make my own decisions. If I give my life to Jesus, then I won't be able to go here. I won't be able to do that. I'll have to let go of this. He's going to, I know Jesus. I know how it is. Ethan, you can say all you want. Well, just come as you are. But I know if I come as I am, Jesus is just going to start changing me. He's going to start messing with my life. It doesn't work that way. If you will just repent of your way and surrender and say, okay, Lord, I give in. I give in. It's so easy. Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Just come to me. Just come to me. You say, well, I don't have much of a life to give him. I've kind of messed up a lot of stuff. Give him the broken pieces because you can take your collapsed heap of a shack that you live in and you can even put that on the rock and Jesus will straighten it all out. He'll build it. He'll fix it up. He'll give you a life that, that you'll just have no regrets. And most importantly, he'll give you an eternity forever. And cancer can riddle your body or you could drop dead of a heart attack, or you could have a stroke, but it doesn't matter. Because with Jesus, when you breathe this last breath, and you face the storm of death, you wake up in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Huh. Why would you build on anything else? Why? Why would you, why would you think... Why would you... All right, you get it. I just gave you four conclusions. I was working on a fifth one, but I won't do it. You get it. So let's just, let's just apply it now, personally. Let's apply it personally. Number one, have you given your life to Jesus? I mean, are you saved? Well, you know, I did this thing or whatever. No. 
I don't want to, I'm not asking if you've done religious things, you've been to church, you said a prayer. I'm asking you, point blank, has there been a time in your life where you repented of your sin and you came to Christ and said, I cannot save myself, I trust you and you alone. That's when you build your, that's where the foundation starts. It's a moment of salvation. You let of your way and you give yourself to Christ in total faith. Has that ever happened in your life? If that's never happened, what are you waiting for? He says, anyone who comes to me, there's no way I'll cast them out. Anybody who comes, I will receive. So if you, you might just need to come to Christ today. You might need to get saved today. Today is the day of salvation. You need to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm lost. I'm on my way to hell, but I believe you died for me, and I ask you to save me. It's that easy. And in about two minutes, I'll lead you in a prayer where you can express that to the Lord. Say, Jesus, save me. I want to be saved. Or if you don't want to wait two minutes, you can do it while I'm talking. Just forget the rest of what I say, and right now, say, dear Jesus, I believe in you. Save me. Save me. So that's number one. Most important decision you'll ever make. Number two, this is for those of us who are saved. We are Christians. With such a wonderful Savior, why would you be tempted to move the foundation of your life? Dads, husbands, make the decision for your family. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Students, on your campus, at your high school, I live for Jesus. Don't move the foundation when you've made it this far. Stay safe and secure. Stay fixed and focused on the rock. Because the decision you make, you're saved. You're on your way to heaven. But if you move your foundation, it's going to affect some other people. And great will be the fall of that life. So we all have decisions to make, and it's, this is a decision that maybe you need to recommit to the Lord. So right now, we're going to have our invitation, and this is a time where we reflect on what was said, and we respond. Key word being respond. Do not, do not ignore the warning of Jesus and the hope that he gives. Make a personal decision today. So please, with me, let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes this morning. It's an important part of the service, so I'd encourage you not to get up or move around. If we could just be focused right now, it would be wonderful. How many of you would say, Pastor Ethan, God spoke to my heart in a very specific way this morning. Would you slip up your hand? Who out there would say that? Okay, hands all over. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, if you know the decision that God is, I don't, if you know what God is asking of you today, then... Make that decision. Surrender that to him. Now, if you're in here and you'd say, I was that other person you talked about earlier. I was that person. I've ne I'm not sure I've ever trusted in Jesus as my Savior. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I'm saved. Well, let's make sure today. Right now, pray a prayer, something like this. If it's from a genuine heart, God sees the heart. It's not about the words. It's about the belief in your heart. So would you pray something like this? If you want to make sure that you're a true Christian, pray something like this. Oh, dear God, dear God, 
I cannot save myself. I am a sinner. But I turn from my way and I trust in you. I turn from my way and I trust in you. I believe, Jesus, that you died for me. And I believe that you rose from the dead. Please save me from my sin. Please save me. I give myself to you. If you prayed that this morning, I won't call out your name or embarrass you at all, but I would like to pray for you. So if anybody would say, Ethan, I made sure this morning, would you just slip up your hand and put it down? Slip it up, put it down. If you're watching online and you made the decision to trust Christ, send, send me a message, a private message. Let me know. I'd love to pray for you or show you how you can grow in your faith. Now, for the rest of us, the instruments are going to softly play, and this is a time for us to be prayerful, to let God speak to our hearts. So go to Him, and however He's spoken to you, make that decision for Him today. Father, we thank you so much for message we heard this morning. We thank you that you give us the foundation to build our lives on. God, I pray that we would be challenged to continue, Lord, to stand fast, to continue building on the solid foundation that you've laid before us in Jesus Christ. God, I pray that if someone in here doesn't know you as their Savior, that today would be the day that they would put their faith in you, that they could start building on that foundation today. In Jesus' name. taking the time to join us today. If you've been blessed by the message, or if you have placed your faith in Jesus today, we want to hear from you. Maybe you still have questions about what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Please let us know, and we would love to answer those questions from the Bible. We would also be happy to provide you with the Bible and other free Christian resources to help you grow in your faith. You can email us at info at mountgraylockbaptist.com or send us a message on Facebook. You could also call us at 413-662-2107. We would love to hear from you, and our desire is to be a blessing to you in any way that we can. God bless.